Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hey guys, Brian Davis and Denny Suplee here from Spark Rental. Hi everyone, how are you doing? Last week, we talked about post-pandemic real estate investing, and we went over a few signs about when when things will be a little safer to buy real estate again if you've been standing on the sidelines with real estate investing during the pandemic. This week, we are talking about creative financing ideas for investment properties during the pandemic. And as we start moving out of the pandemic lockdown, ways to finance investment properties because one of the big challenges right now for investors is getting loans, getting financing. I mean, Denny, the almost all of the, or actually all of the, the portfolio lenders who we work with that issue landlord loans, they have suspended new loans entirely for landlords. And there's people out there that want loans. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, so a lot of these lenders are still issuing those short-term purchase rehab loans, uh, like hard money loans and that sort of thing, you know, buy it, renovate it. But these are short-term loans. They have to be paid back usually within a year, sometimes less than that. And we don't know any portfolio lender who is still lending those long-term mortgages for landlords right now. Um, so today we're talking about how to get creative with it since you can't go the more conventional route. <laughs> thinking outside the box here. That's right. Which, you know, sometimes you got to do as a real estate investor, right? Actually, and in, in any business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as you guys join us, let us know where you're tuning in from and fire your questions at us. You know, this is, this is interactive. This is not just Denny and I sitting up here and talking at you. So let us know what you are to uh, each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So fire your questions at us as we go and let us know where you're tuning in from. We always love to hear that stuff too. Uh, it's, a, it's a global business that we have here. And, you know, we like to get reminded of that sometimes. So, so Brian, let's, let's get um, started talking here. Talk to us about home equity loans. All right. So yeah, that's the first option here for getting creative with how to get funding for your next investment property. While it's harder to get financing right now, you can tap into your existing equity, whether it's in your primary residence or whether in your investment properties, you can get either a home equity loan, which is a mortgage, uh, usually a second mortgage, um, but it could be a first mortgage if you don't have any mortgages on your properties already. Uh, you know, So if you own the property free and clear, it would be in first lien position. Uh, it could be uh, a home equity loan, of course, or it could be a HELOC, a home equity line of credit, which instead of being a fixed term loan, like a mortgage, it's a rotating line of credit. So you can draw on that line of credit as you need the money and then pay it back on your own schedule, much like a credit card, but secured against a property. And again, you can get home equity loans or HELOCs secured against either your primary residence or a vacation home or a rental property. So now, it is be, it, it's a little bit more difficult on a rental property, wouldn't you say? It is. Uh, the lending... 
uh, the loan terms are a little bit stricter and they tend to lend a lower LTV or loan to value ratio. So, you know, with your primary residence, you can usually get um, between 80 and 90%. You can uh, borrow, and sometimes even more than that for your primary residence with a home equity loan anyway. Um, but for investment properties or second homes, like vacation homes, you're looking at a lower LTV. So you might be looking at uh, 75, 80, maybe 85% if you're really lucky uh, of the property value that you can tap into. Gotcha. Um, we have Sayon here from Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm not sure if you're he or she, so pardon me. But I'm That's a, a buyer. At least based on the picture. <laughs> oh, it is. See, I can't see. My daughter yells picture, at me all the time to small. wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they want to know if my debt to income ratio is about 50% due to owning properties and the income of the property hasn't been um, filed yet. How can I purchase more properties with tapped out DTI ratio? Well, I mean, the first thing, so I'm not sure if your property, your rental properties are, are full or occupied. Um, if they're occupied, then the lenders will typically, um, you know, you can provide them documentation of the lease agreement of your bank statements showing that the rent has been paid um, to, to prove that you do have that income and to, right. to adjust that debt to income ratio. So, uh, I mean, that would be my, my main comment is make sure they're full, obviously. <laughs> and of course that you know, helps your cash flow in general, but, uh, and then ask the lender what kind of documentation they need to, um, to verify that you do have that, that rental income coming in. What are your thoughts on cash out refis? So I, I'm not, I'm not big on cash out refis. Um, refinancing in general, lenders love it. And that should be your first red flag. <laughs> uh, it makes great sense for them because they get to extend your debt horizon far into the future. They get to charge you thousands of dollars in closing costs. Um, and they get to restart the amortization. So this is something that we don't talk about that often, but when you should take out a mortgage or any loan, any fixed loan, uh, the lender, you know, the payments are in accordance to an amortization schedule over the term of your loan. And at the very beginning of your loan, the overwhelming majority of that monthly payment goes straight to interest and only a very little bit goes to paying down your principal balance. And over the course of your loan term, that gradually shifts, uh, but it shifts as an exponential curve. So for most of your loan term, most of the majority of your monthly payment is going toward interest. And then it's only toward the very end of your loan that most of each monthly payment starts actually paying down your principal balance. So lenders don't want you to get to that point in the loan, right? They want to refinance you before you actually get to the point where most of your payment is going toward principal. So I know we're taking a little bit of a tangent here <laughs> about refinancing, but so what I would, I would actually urge people to either do a second mortgage or better yet a HELOC um, if they want to use those funds for real estate investing. But, um, you know, it, obviously, well, it, you know, it it's case by case and, you know, it's, it's easy for me to sit here and, and, you know, say you should do this, or you shouldn't do that, but it really depends on, on your own. Well, my thoughts were because, you know, um, a lot is so tough and tightened up right now that maybe that is, uh, an option if there is, you know, not too many other. It is an option. And, you know, there are times when it makes sense. So... 
you know, I, in general, I would urge people to be very cautious about refinancing properties, whether it's their home, their, their primary residence or an investment property or second home. Um, but it is a viable tool and it is something you can do. So that should be on your, it's within your financing toolbox, uh, you know, as we <laughs> nerd out and say <laughs> in the real estate investing world. So, so with that, let's uh, move on to business credit lines, which yeah, is so, kind of creative at least. Yeah. And this is something that Denny and I have talked about uh, quite a bit over the last couple of months. You know, it's a relatively new form of credit for, um, well, it's actually not that new, but it's, it's at least the, uh, the service that we have been pointing people to, uh, it's a relatively new concept. As a, it's like a credit line concierge service that will help you get a whole bunch of rotating business credit lines and credit cards. And the important thing here is that these are unsecured credit lines and, and credit cards. They do not attach to your property, which has several implications for you as a real estate investor. First of all, it means that if you default, you're not going to lose your home or your property, right? Uh, but just as importantly, you don't have to go through all of the expense of ordering title work and having a settlement to secure it against that property. So they're much faster, they're much cheaper to get. So, and Denny can share a couple of links here where you can um, where you can either go to get those home equity loans and HELOCs like we talked about a minute ago, or to uh, get a series of credit lines and unsecured business credit cards to finance your next deals. So yeah, and these are great because real estate investors are self-employed business people. Even though they don't often think of themselves that way, they are business people and they qualify for business lines of credit and business credit cards. And they can use those lines of credit and credit cards to invest in real estate, whether as a down payment or to pay for a property outright if it's a less expensive property, um, or they can use those credit lines and credit cards to cover repairs, the cost of renovations or repairs for these properties. So the average real estate investor usually qualifies for a combined total of between $150,000 and $200,000. Now that's not one single credit line or one single credit card. Uh, that's a, a whole bunch of different credit lines and credit cards that they qualify for, you know, in bits and pieces, you know, 20,000 here, $30,000 there, $10,000 here, but they all add together to amount to on average 150 to around $200,000 uh, through this program, this one program anyway, that that we've been referring people to, uh, but it could be as low as $50,000 combined, or it could be as high as $250,000 combined. Uh, it really comes down to your credit, your personal credit score, uh, and to a lesser extent to your, your income as well, uh, both personally and as a real estate investor or business person. Um, seller financing. So seller financing, oldie but goodie, right? Mm -hmm. And this is, more useful than ever right now in and the they, wake it, of, it's this type of financing always comes around the bend when you know there's stuff like this going on or just uh yeah yeah you know when, when people can't get conventional mortgages um or you know more traditional like portfolio loans for landlords you know when when that stuff is not really available because of because we're in a bit of a credit crunch right now then people turn to asking sellers to finance the properties for them. So, you know, there are, there are pros and cons, of course. You know, one of the big pros is that you can negotiate your own terms with the seller. Uh, you know, 
So those terms include interest rate, of course. Uh, maybe you offer to pay them, you know, a couple points uh, on, you know, at settlement. And of course, the term within within which you have to pay back that loan. So typically, these are structured as balloon mortgages. So the monthly payment is calculated as if it were a 15-year or a 30-year mortgage, like you know, a normal mortgage, um, but it has a balloon, so which is usually between three and five years, which means that you have to pay them back in full before that balloon period ends. So if it's a three-year balloon, for example, you know, you're, you're making payments as if, what's that? Well, for, if you are the person that is offering this seller financing, you got to be really careful because you're essentially a mortgager. So if somebody defaults. Yeah. Well, right. So, you know, this is what you negotiate between the buyer and the seller. Um, so with a balloon, you have to pay it back in full within that period, uh, usually by either selling the property or refinancing it. Um, so it's amortized like a 30-year mortgage. You're, you're paying the monthly payments as if it's a 30-year mortgage, but you have to either refinance or sell the property to pay them off in full within, usually it's three years is the most common for seller financing as the balloon period, but, uh, but it could be five years or it could be two years or you know whatever you negotiate with the seller. But what I'm saying is if the, if the buyer defaults, so if you're not the buyer, you're the one that's that's providing the seller financing. Just be careful because you have to go through foreclosure procedures if it's defaulted. Very true. Very and true. some states like Texas have some really. I only know this because I um, help somebody with one, and um, Texas is tough. They have um, some weird rules around it. Yeah. So if you're the buyer and you're looking for you know creative financing, you can propose. Uh, seller financing to the seller and see if they're open to it. Uh, if you are a seller who's looking to sell right now and you're having a hard time selling the property, then you can consider offering seller financing. Uh, but like Denny said, the foreclosure process is expensive and time consuming for the lender. So just keep that in mind. Um, and you know, the, the downside to this as a buyer is that a lot of sellers just won't be open to it. Um, but you know, if they're having a hard enough time selling the property, then they may be open to it. So I think in certain areas right now, we're going to see a lot of this going on. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some other, other ways? Well, so some other, sell creative... your children, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sell your children into <laughs> slavery. You know, that, that has, that's worked. You know, another we're just kidding here. Right? <laughs> hey, it's worked for thousands of years. <laughs> um, so other creative ways to finance real estate investment properties right now, you know, you can access personal loans potentially. Uh, they're not going to be enough to cover the entire uh, purchase price of the property most likely, but you can access some money that way, uh, especially if you have very strong personal credit. You can tap into, or you can use a self-directed IRA. So you have to set that up by the way, um, but it's easier to set up than you think. You know, there are a lot of companies online um, you know, self-directed IRA custodians that can help you with that process. You pay them a small fee and then, um, you know, they'll, they'll do all the, the heavy lifting on the regulatory side for you. And then you can use that IRA to, to buy properties, to buy real estate. Um, and you can also, rather than just investing in properties directly as your IRA or retirement account investment, you can also borrow money against 
your retirement account, or at least your employer-sponsored account, you know, such as your 401k, you can borrow money against that at very low interest rates because you're basically borrowing money from yourself and there's no risk of default really. Um, but it is still a loan and you still have to pay interest even though you're borrowing the money from your own account. So, And would you say that when you're applying for a mortgage and they see that you're um, taking some of it as a loan from your 401k, does that go against? You mean borrowing part of the down payment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, lenders don't like that. <laughs> um, if you're getting a conventional loan, a conventional mortgage, they won't allow it at all. Uh, if you are going through a portfolio lender, they usually do allow it because they are lending more against the uh, the collateral, the property, rather than focusing more on you as the borrower. Um, but you know, I mean, they 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 still don't really like it. Uh, right. But then again. You know, portfolio lenders aren't lending at all right now. So true. That is true. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, but you know, these are just a few other ideas that people can do to to tap into some of their existing savings or, or borrow money to uh, to have more cash on hand to buy real estate right now. And you can always ask friends and family. That is true. Now that is a better idea. If you're an experienced real estate investor and you have a proven track record of success, if you are new at real estate investing, don't jeopardize your personal relationships <laughs> by asking for money. Um, yeah, I mean, this is it's, it's a privilege, not a right to raise money from your friends and family. And you really have to earn that privilege by demonstrating a track record of success. So, Absolutely. You know, yeah, private notes are a great it's way. Like, it's like renting to family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Same concept. <laughs> uh, because you are putting your personal relationships on the line there with that. I mean, you know, I've, I've lent money to uh, some real estate investors that I know before uh, in private notes, and it's worked out great. Uh, but they have a proven track record of success. So I mean, I'm, I'm lending the money to them as an investment, not as charity, right? I mean, it's right. Yeah, it's an investment for me. Um, and you know, they, they're not abusing that trust. You know, they, they pay me my interest payments on time. So. Awesome. I put the link into that great article. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, it's a guest article from uh, a friend of ours over at Best Company who put that article together for us. And, um, and we didn't ignore you, Tara. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Philadelphia here. Oh, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> Denny, any other comments that you want to put out there before we wrap up for today about creative financing during the pandemic? Just protect yourself when you're you're doing some of these creative um, financing techniques and make sure they're within the law. That's my thing always. You know, you don't want to go down the road and then find out it wasn't proper or right and then end up even in deeper hot water. Yeah, and also, you know, we, we mentioned some of those tactics to... Uh, either borrow against your retirement account or invest in real estate as part of your retirement account. Um, just be really careful with that because you know this, this is your future that you you are very literally mortgaging your future <laughs> when you do that. So uh, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it ever, or that it doesn't mean it doesn't make sense sometimes. Uh, just be cautious because you know your retirement account is uh, you know you're going to need that one day. <laughs> yes, yeah, so so. make sure the numbers work too. Yes. Big time. Use use our cash flow calculator <laughs> before uh, before mortgaging your future on that one. All right. 
Well, happy Tuesday, you guys. I hope you're staying safe and sane out there. And, um, you know, and that goes doubly as, as the economy starts to reopen, which we're obviously all excited about. Uh, you know, just be careful and uh, make sure you keep protecting yourself. Absolutely. And send us your ideas, whatever questions you have, or if you want a subject for us to go over, just uh, send it our way through social media or support at sparkrental.com. Yeah, let us know what you want to hear about next week. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Have a good day. Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side. Mm-hmm.